Welcome to the Fanboy Garage. I'm Chris Lasanti, joined as always by my co-host Aaron Varola. Yo, what's going on, people? How we doing today? How we doing tonight? Or whenever you're listening to this podcast, so happy to be back. <laughs> Got a lot of energy tonight. You do. That was a very explosive. Uh, you like that? Yeah, explosive. That's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking oh, of man, explosive, it feels good. I, I, I um. I look forward to these days, man, where we can talk, talk movies, yeah. talk pop culture, everything that's going on in the cultural zeitgeist, as folks like like to say these days. Yeah. Especially when there's some stuff to talk about. So, Lots of crazy stuff. Uh, yeah, so it's funny. You know, last episode, uh, we were talking about Joker, because they had released that photo of Joaquin Phoenix that like everybody was going crazy over. And I was like, well, you know, I'm getting really excited. I'm getting more excited for this movie than I was before, even though this is really just a picture of Joaquin Phoenix. And then now this week, just like the Internet broke again, Uh, like all hell broke loose regarding this Joker movie. Quite a lot of stuff. So we got a I don't I don't know. I don't want to call it a teaser video, but uh, it was a. I guess makeup test is right. what it said on the on the clacker. Uh, a nice little video there, which was quite disturbing, in my opinion. Um, you know, it was it, it with just the music and the whole vibe. yeah, the music and the you know, you got this like really somber looking, you know, Joaquin Phoenix, and then all of a sudden he's got these images of the Joker clown superimposed on his face and. And then we get the big reveal of a, a laughing, uh, I guess, Joaquin Phoenix, because his name is Arthur. And then there's like this pause. I don't want to say pause, but almost like this switch. Yeah, and the like eyes a, get very, very yeah. dark, and he gives you this creepy look. And, ugh, God. Yeah. So, was, I mean, that's a good, that's a good, ugh, God. Yeah. Yeah, it was really cool. And and then we found out, I guess, later on that the reason why that came out was mainly because these set photos were about to leak all over the place yeah. uh, and showing him and in that basically in that same makeup. Uh, and then we got so that was the one where we got this and a little brief video. Right. So you got a little video of him coming off a train. 
taking yep. off the clown mask to reveal the clown makeup with what looks like his henchmen or goons or whatever. Yeah. And then you got photos of, you know, that scene and different shots and whatnot. And then I guess the next day or the that day and then later on over the next couple of days, we've gotten photos now of him like as an actual clown. Right. right. Uh, which is really creepy and, and cool at the same time. Yeah, and so, the makeup there is super reminiscent of the makeup that he's he's wearing where he's revealed. Yes, right. It's it just take off the, the, the hair and the the yeah, whole part. Takes, like the yeah. clown wig off. Yeah, the clown wig. There you go. I don't know why I couldn't think of <laughs> the the, the, ha- the half row puff, yeah. the green half row puff. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then and, no, and then we also got a photo of uh, Zazie Beats as yes. well. Um, so yeah, so that that I mean you know for a movie that's what. A couple of well, substantial number of months out. Um, yeah, you know, having Todd Phillips get ahead of all of that, um, you know, because people apparently the set has been filled with paparazzi and people capturing images and all of that. So he wanted to get ahead of all of this and uh, show us what it really looked like. But it, you know, a lot of people. So it's it was interesting. So fandom these days is a uh, quite a fickle you know swarm of nerds and um initially you know people kind of i would say they got excited first or they were like there's there was a i would say there's a positive buzz and then all of the sudden the wave kind of turned and people got seriously nasty about it um i've seen comments flying around of Oh, it's a ripoff of Heath Ledger's Joker and uh, people just getting real. Oh, that's not what the Joker's supposed to look like. So they're going all crazy with the with their continuity and sort of canon look um, or canon. I guess, you know, they wanted to stay in canon as much as possible. And but but then, you know, then it kind of flipped back and people are, are genuinely genuinely excited about, you know, what what this could mean for um, for D.C., and this um, particular story. So uh, where, where do you stand on all this? Uh, yeah, I mean, and thankfully, I I didn't hear a lot of that or read a lot of that. So I'm, I'm happy about that. Um, I'm with a lot of the things that I saw were positive uh, people kind of feeling like I was already last week getting more excited about this. And now I think a lot of people are really excited about it because they're starting to see the potential of what this movie could actually be. As far as the look goes, I mean, I thought it looked really cool. You know, I don't get too caught up in stuff like that because, again, I'll never forget when Heath Ledger was cast as the Joker in The Dark Knight. And, like, I mean, I've never seen that much negativity, especially at that time, towards anything. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, people, there was not a single person that I ever that I remember being like, oh, yeah, that's a cool casting decision. And then when they saw him in the makeup for the first time and they're like, oh, wait a minute, it's makeup. Like his yeah. skin's not going to be bleached. And so they weren't crazy about that and the scars and the look. And I mean, there was everything about that whole reveal was negative. And then, of course, you know, now it's the iconic you know, Joker performance. Right. So, I mean, I, I have total faith in Joaquin Phoenix. I mean, I said it last week. It's the primary reason why I'm excited about this movie is for him. And I like the look. And, and from what we've, what it seems is that the look will evolve over the course of the movie. 
Right. Um, so, you know, again, every, you know, people will always want to jump to conclusions and they're going to look to criticize. And, you know, you're always going to have that segment of, I guess, the DC fandom that, you know, is going to be upset that this isn't connected to the DCEU. So they're going to criticize that. But, you know, I, I don't worry about that stuff. I, to me, if we're going to get a really great movie, a really great Joker movie, then bring it on. And if it stands yeah. on its own, it stands on its own. If it winds up being merged into something bigger, that's fine too. Um, I, these days, I just want to get good movies. Yeah. And I'll worry about, you know, connectivity and look and things like that later. But I liked the pictures. I mean, I liked, you know, and again, we don't know what it's eventually going to lead to, but... I mean, I I think I got excited seeing some of that stuff. It looks dark, and like you said, it looks creepy, and it looks, you know, off the wall, but colorful at the same time. Yeah. Like, and vibrant, which is nice, because that's kind of what the Joker's supposed to be, right? Right, You know, it's, right. there's a darkness there, but it's also, he's a clown, so. Yeah, and I mean, who who knows where they're going to push the the character, like, if... if you know, he still lines up at, you know, I guess it's Acme Chemicals. Is that? The uh, Ace uh, Chemicals. Well, Ace, Ace Chemicals. Yeah, Ace, Ace Chemicals. Chemicals. Sorry, Acme. That's that's a Roger Rabbit reference. Um, but, uh, you know, who knows if he ends up there and falls into his, you know, his batch of chemicals and turns really bleached because he's got the makeup on his face. Yeah. I, I don't know. I kind of hope yeah. it doesn't because then that would, you'd have to involve Batman in that, right? So I mean, I mean, actually, you don't have to, but you would. It would make sense, but no. I mean, who knows? Yeah. Um, uh, I'm I'm trying to remember if was it the Killing Joke? Is that the uh, that's the one where he kind of makes up his own his own story? God, the Killing Joke his... had him. He's a like a failed a comedian, stand-up comedian, right? like yeah. A, and but he and he he turns to to crime. Yes. Um, it, it's it's interesting because there are elements of the of the joker involved you know sort of like in his color palette i guess like the orange vest and the shirt sort of but he's wearing a orange well, like a reddish jacket yeah it's just this kind of looks like it could yeah. potentially become a purple or sure. you know what i mean it's all yeah it's it's it, it's interesting like i um I'm not getting caught up in the semantics of the, of the costume or the, or the base paint or whatever it is. I just, you know, because the thing is when you, and I know we talked a little bit about this when we talked about the Spider-Man episode, but like, you know, these shots that we're seeing, these are but small glimpses in a bigger, in a bigger movie, right? In a bigger film. And I don't want to get caught up in the like speculative. Oh, is it this? Is it that? When it could only be like a 30 second segment in the film like it doesn't you know it doesn't matter it may it may even be cut who the hell knows yeah and you don't know what the timeline is you don't know where right, it takes right, place I, in the exactly movie. we don't know if this is a dream we don't, we don't know anything right. and for people that kind of while out um good or bad you know it's like okay this is temper and, and, and maybe this is the problem with social media is that it's so rampant people just have this knee-jerk reaction one way or the other and i'm um you know, I would say that having seen some of this material and and the way it's being presented, I am becoming excited for this movie. I mean, initially I was kind of like, well, who the hell wants or needs a Joker movie? Um, but it doesn't 
the, the interesting thing is, is like in my mind, it doesn't necessarily feel like a Joker movie. Like one of the things we were, you know, me and uh, and a couple of folks on Twitter were going on about was like, what if this is a like sort of falling down movie? Yeah, I did uh, see that. Which you is know what I mean? Where it's like one guy's just having the crappiest day of his life and snaps. Yeah. And, and you know what I mean? That like, may very that, well be what this is, kind of. That's you know? so awesome to me. Yeah. Um, the, the concept of that and then applying it to, to that of a, of a villain. And we uh, already talked about how they were talking about what like Thomas Wayne might be like an eighties kind of Donald Trump type of a character. Right. So there, you know, you never know if they're, they're very well may be that type of element. Yeah. 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 So, um, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really, uh, I'm really interested to, uh, to see see what the final product is i'll you know i'll hold my expectations for what for the film based on everything i've seen thus far because i don't i don't necessarily know where it's going so i don't want to just you know jump jump all over it right um but yeah no i'm 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 I'm, you know like i said i'm excited it looks really cool uh he's looks hella creepy I'll, i'll i will say that again i mean just that that the eyes, man. That's just well. That's it. Yeah, I mean, that's why you knew. I mean, I knew anyway. I was like, well, here's. I mean, the guy's a great actor. He can yeah. certainly pull off creepy. Uh, so I, I had full confidence in that. And I think what's getting people excited though is the fact that you know this is a movie that we didn't we didn't know what to think of it. Right when they first right. announced it, it was like, okay, so it's a Joker movie. It's going to be like an origin story. There's no Batman. You're like, all right, I'm not not sure what direction they're going. But now you get, I mean, like, you know, like you just said, we don't know exactly how this stuff fits in the, the context of the full film, but we're getting a little bit of an idea anyway. Yeah. And it's it's getting people excited because it's like, oh, okay, so, okay, that's the Joker. Yeah, we get it. And mm-hmm. the Joker mm-hmm. looks cool. And it's going to be, you know, Joaquin Phoenix, and he's going to be, you know, at least looks like doing something on a train robbing something or whatever so like people are starting to get an idea of what this movie might be they're speculating on like is it going to be like a falling down thing so that's what i think is getting people excited the mystery involved we went from complete mystery to then i think a lot more than what we thought because of these leaks right to like now people are just going you know they're really speculating and that's why I just I think the focus on good movies and good characters is so important because look at the conversation that it starts as opposed to like you know worrying about shared universes right and things right, like right, that right. because you can generate a buzz just because these characters are iconic yeah and if you do them right well people are going to talk about it yeah, you know, you bring up an interesting point about the the whole shared universe. You know, initially I was kind of like, well, you know, you've done Justice League, you're continuing on with some of your characters from from that, you know, Aquaman and Wonder Woman and potentially the Flash, and who knows where this Batman thing is going to end up. And part of me was like, well, how do you break away from that? You know, how do you keep your characters now on very, very separate islands and, you know, uh, dissuade them from, from connecting again with one another. That That's a tricky thing. Um, and I think, I think audiences are probably struggling with that idea. Um, because it almost feels like a lot of the, the, 
the sort of reaction to this Joker thing is like, well, where is it going to fit with Matt Reeves Batman, if at all? And so people are talking about the, you know, sort of connectivity of the two and and who knows, DC might might literally be or Warner Brothers might be drawing that line in the sand and saying, no, 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 like. No, these are truly very, very separate films. Yeah. Aquaman lives here. Right. Wonder Woman, Wonder Woman period piece lives there. Yeah. Joker, another period piece lives over here. Who knows where the Flash is going to end up in all of this? You know what I'm saying? Oh, the, Bat, Bat, uh, Matt Reeves' Batman might cast a younger Batman. So that's another period piece. So they're telling, you know, these very separate siloed film uh, stories um, that, you know, I think – Ultimately should get people excited about these characters because these are meant to be story driven, uh, you know, pieces and, and films. So, you know, folks, folks can relish in just the characters and not worry about, oh, is that an Easter egg that leads to this or that or whatever. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm OK with I'm OK with, you know, not having them connected as I, you know, continue to think about it and kind of ride along with all of this stuff. Um, I think the one film that might, uh, I don't, I, I don't want to say struggle with this, but might need to, might need to relook at all of that is Shazam because of some of the images we've, we've seen. Right. And we don't know, like we said, and who, know, yeah, episode, who knows it. how they're going to, when we're talking about the Cavill thing, are they going to scrub it? Are right. they going to alter it? it? Yeah. And well, I guess we'll find out soon enough, but yeah. to me, it comes down to like connectivity complex. That's what I'm going to call it because we've now become so because of the MCU and then, you know, DC trying it with their universe, everything now, like everybody is obsessed with connectivity. Yeah. And I, I just, I hope that these movies, uh, DC continues to do these types of movies because I just don't think the connectivity for DC has to be there. It's just not that right. vital because they're not trying to do what Marvel did, right? Marvel had to do it. The whole was greater than the sum of the parts originally right. from Marvel. DC doesn't have to worry about that. For, and And I actually, and I've said this before on the show, I don't, Metropolis and Gotham City, they don't need to be right next to each other. Right. So we don't need to, we shouldn't be worrying so much about connectivity. You can connect these movies if you wanted to very, very easily. Just a little nugget, a little cameo, a little little drop at the end of a movie can somehow just completely connect everything. Yeah. You know, depending on how they go about some of these other films. And I'm okay with having these, like, the, everyone's calling them Elseworld movies. That's fine. Just give me great movies with these great characters. And I'll worry about where how I want to watch them and where they're going to fit and if they fit. Because if I prefer that Joker to the one that, the, the another Joker that we get, then I have that one. And that's right. cool. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. It's very I, I comic mean, booky when you think about I... it, right? So that that that's another interesting point. So th- this is where the the like no connectivity thing will drive me bananas. Well, for you, we know it's gonna be. Yeah, it, yeah you I'm, might have I'm, to take a Benadryl. Um, I'm gonna struggle with this because if we get if we get two cinematic versions of a character, that to me is like. Uh, <laughs> I I just I'm like, can you? I mean, of course they can do it. I mean, it's your money. Do whatever, which you, you know, do whatever you want with it. But um, 
I don't, I don't, ooh, I don't know. I'm literally like scratching myself, like, oh, like I got, got hives think, just thinking about this. But like to have two cinematic Jokers just is so confusing. Well, and are we though? I mean, yes, we're we're gonna have we're gonna have it, a this Joaquin Phoenix Joker, right? We know that, and we're not yeah. sure how Jared Leto's Joker is gonna fit into the let we'll call it the DCEU movies going forward, if at all. But let's say he does. Uh, this movie apparently is not intended to be anything more than a standalone film. Now, right. money, like you know, money will talk, but right. if this is just a standalone film. And then Jared Leto's Joker continues to exist in the DC. It's technically, I mean, it's not two cinematic Jokers concurrent. It's no different than, you know, Jack Nicholson was a Joker. Heath Ledger was a Joker. Joaquin Phoenix was, you know, is a Joker. Jared Leto's a Joker. Cesar Romero's a, You know what I mean? So yeah. if they're running too, like, I mean, I get it. It gets really but that's weird. Like if, too close to, it, I mean, yeah. there were like decades. Yeah. And, or maybe films. we won't get. Though maybe we won't get Jared Leto anymore. I mean, there was just an announcement today, or not an announcement, I guess a rumor, who knows, a rumbling, a nugget of something about a uh, Joker Holly Quinn movie. Right, that the so script like, was turned in or something. Yeah, maybe. and and I mean, and then there goes that's the other thing. So if you have Harley Quinn, then that means there still is a Joker because she was connected to that Jared Leto Joker. Well, and I get the maybe, idea that maybe yeah. that Jared Lo- Jared Jared Leto Joker is maybe a not a a, a version Joker like a like you know if I were to connect stuff I'm just saying hypothetically so say Heath Le- Heath Ledger Jesus here we go um, Joaquin Phoenix you see this is your continuity set. over yeah, yeah, yeah right I'm just now. like flipping out. Um, so Joaquin Phoenix's Joker set in the eighties and he passes the mantle down to Jared Leto's Joker. Who knows? I mean, those are ways to connect it and who knows if that's the way that it's well, gonna happen. But it's just really weird. It to couldn't me. I mean, yeah, or they could literally just not connect at all. Yeah, which would yeah. drive me crazy. You know. It would drive me crazy. And I get it, like great film. It could they both could be amazing films and just have nothing to do with one another, but um, it would be a first, I would I would think, to have two very different universes of the same characters running concurrently in cinemas. That would be a very that would be a first. And if that's the the new DC approach, and I'll go for it. Well, I think their approach right now is we're going to make the best available movie at the moment, and I don't know that that's necessarily the wrong approach because. Yeah. You know, again, people are talking about, let's remember, Jared Leto's Joker debuted in Suicide Squad. Right, 2016. Which was a movie that I think even the biggest DCEU fans, for the most part, admit was not a very good film. Right? Yeah, yeah. it's funny. A lot of people It's like go, the forgotten oh, movie almost. Yeah, they go BVS, uh, you know, uh, Justice League, yeah. uh, Man of Steel, uh, and then Wonder Woman, uh, and then people totally forget that Suicide Squad yes. was part of that. Now, it did make more money than it probably had any business making relative did. to its theme, right, and its cast. But, but, you know, obviously they're going very big on Harley Quinn because she's going to be the focal point of the Birds of Prey movie. Uh, and, but now with this, you know, Harley and Joker movie, you know, let's wait. I know they said the script was turned in, but let's, you know, 
realistically, if, yeah. if Birds of Prey <laughs> is not a success, maybe that movie never happens. Right. You know, right. and who knows what's going to happen with that. I mean, there's still, this is where when it comes to DC especially, because they're in a transition phase right now, right? They're still mm-hmm. trying to kind of sort things out. So I, I don't know that we necessarily need to lock in that, oh, this is definitely going to happen. Until they're filming, I'm not going to worry about it. And as of now... You know, we're looking at Aquaman, we're looking at Shazam, we're looking at Wonder Woman 84, and now the Joker. We know those four movies are coming out within the next, you know, 12 months. And that's exciting. Yeah. So. I have a question. Um, And I know we've got a lot of questions that we have to go through and a couple of other news items here. But just just for the sake of this conversation. Um, Okay. So, you know, Marvel had a particular, you know, had, had a certain approach and, you know, I, I, I'll be honest, I'm tired. I'm very, very tired of people talking about the quote unquote Marvel blueprint. Right. I I really am. I'm sick of it because I think their approach to making movies has been not a, I don't want to say a blueprint, but there, there is, there's a way that they're doing it, and it overall is like they're a multi generational. Uh, there are multi generational movies, meaning that you know there's something for everyone. There's something for the fanboy. There's something for the kid. There's you know they're they're family films for better or worse, right? And there are jokes, and there's some hefty stuff, and all of that. Um, you know, the, the, I guess what people when they talk about the Marvel approach, they, they talk about you know the sort of control that Kevin Feige has over the you know creative process and and needing his films to fit a particular narrative because there's always a bigger picture, and that that plays to the connectivity. And you know, a lot of people I hear have said, "Oh, I'm kind of getting tired of this the same old Marvel, you know, uh, way." But I wonder that if you know if DC and Warner Brothers are coming out with with these movies. So I'm I'm specifically talking about Birds of Prey, and I you know I just don't know if there's a lot of excitement. But if you start getting these like I don't want to say watered down or washed down comic book movies, could we be in a place of comic book movie fatigue where you've got the Marvel way of doing things, which seems very samey, I guess from from some audience from some folks and then you've got this like you know dc just getting the just getting the wheels moving on their stuff that they're not going to have batman out until 2020 who knows what's going to happen with superman so they're going to play this like b game um with the exception of wonder woman and who's to say where aquaman or shazam goes but let's just play with wonder woman at the moment you know could could this be a place where we're going to get to uh, – we're just going to say this whole comic book movie franchise stuff is is fading out. We need something new. I, I don't know. Or do you See, think there's enough creativity coming out of these films to keep this thing going? Well, going you know, uh, for all the talk, uh, you know, you were just talking about people who believe in like the Marvel formula and they're sick of it. Well, the box mm-hmm. office certainly doesn't show that. <laughs> Seriously. If there's box office fatigue, th- this certainly wasn't the year to talk about it when it comes to Marvel because they had right. Black Panther, which set the world on fire, uh, did 700 million domestic, did over a billion dollars worldwide. Then Infinity War did over $2 billion worldwide. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp did over 600 million. Worldwide. Right, better than the first, right? Much better than the first. Yeah, yeah. over a hundred million better than the first. Mm-hmm. So 
I mean, you would think if there's fatigue that was going to set in, like it would have been after Infinity War. And while Ant-Man and the Wasp didn't make a billion dollars, nobody was expecting it to. But it did over 200 million domestic. It did over 600 million worldwide and technically still counting. So I don't see that. So, you know, whoever the people are that are, you know, talking about fatigue and and Marvel formula and all this stuff. When the box office numbers start, when when an Avengers movie makes you know six hundred million worldwide, then maybe we could start talking about whether you know people are feeling fatigued or whether they're bored with the formula. Because uh, I don't think that's really a thing now. As far as the DC stuff goes, I think it's going to be hard to say until we know exactly what DC's approach is. Mm-hmm. They they mm-hmm. certainly don't have a formula right now. They have anything right. but right. They're they're still trying to concoct their formula, and it's it's. I, again, it's a lot of, I think, picking through some of the ideas that were there and just trying to figure out what the most worthwhile ideas are to go with based on success of characters, popularity of characters, you know, quality of script, things like that. So, you know, I'm still hoping that DC goes more creator driven mm. and character driven. And I mean, so far they they kind of are right as far as what's left because right. you know you look at Patty Jenkins very much in control of the Wonder Woman ship, right? Uh, James Wan, you know, we don't know what's going to happen with Aquaman, but James Wan is clearly in control of that ship, and you know Matt Reeves will be in control of his Batman ship, and and you know they got a guy like Todd Phillips making this Joker movie, you know, so you know I don't know that we have to worry too much about that. You know, I think, you know, to me, the more the merrier. Yeah. What's going to be interesting is to see what happens with Marvel post Avengers four. I mean, they're still going to have Spider-Man Far From Home coming out, obviously, which will do well. But once they start to. Yeah. Once they start to transition into this next phase of their existence after this Avengers kind of this four movie Avengers story is told. Uh, that'll be interesting to see, you know, what, yeah, what happens. Yeah. But they're certainly, uh, you know, go off to a good start with Black Panther and, and having Spider-Man back and, you know. You know, on the cusp of Captain Marvel and all that stuff. Yeah, I mean, it's, um, because she'll likely have also have And they're a, getting X-Men back, by the way. Or not yeah, back, so they're getting I, them for the first yeah, time. It, it's kind of funny because going back to the whole, like, Marvel formula thing, and, you know, you were mentioning, you know, creator-driven movies that dc seems to you know sort of be handing the reins over to these characters or to these directors on their characters you know i also sort of feel the same with um with marvel recently i'd say although i do think that there is and and this is you know i don't necessarily think this is a a marvel thing i actually think it's a disney uh, thing because if you you think about the way that they run Star Wars, you know there there is a story group that kind of plugs holes for canon and kind of makes sure everything is tight. Um, and I think that's very much the same approach that Feige. Well, I'm sure Feige had created that approach, but I do think that the um, the directors recently, the Ryan Kuglers, the Taika Waititi's, the um, uh, I'm sorry, now I'm blanking on uh, the Russos um, are operating in their own create, you know, or, or I'd say ex- exercising their own creative muscles within within uh, you know the Marvel footprint. Um, so, you know, I think I think Marvel is loosening loosening things up a little bit. Um, 
Or maybe a lot. Yeah, and maybe it was never as tight as we thought. You know, that could have no, just been no, perception no, no, exactly. too, based on again this this formula that that's you know some people felt was maybe more prevalent than it really was. Because totally. I mean, I could argue that if you totally. actually go through the entire MCU, and we may do that uh, one of these days, it's not quite as formulaic as you think. At least right. I don't think. Um, but yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I think that lately, though, you have seen you know. Black Panther had Ryan Coogler's fingerprints on it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Ragnarok no. clearly had, you know, Taika Waititi's fingerprints on it uh, with a nod to James Gunn. Right. And, uh, yeah, and, and the Russos who didn't, were not known for any particular style, you know, being TV directors prior to The Winter Soldier, they've become the, the favored sons right now because they did Winter Soldier, they did Civil War, and they were handed the reins of the Avengers and clearly you know knocked it out of the park with mm-hmm. infinity war so obviously they're they're i mean they're you know what are you going to do to them at this point right so yeah right. i i don't um i don't think that it's been uh the reins have been as tight i mean i think a lot of that came from the edgar wright ant-man thing yeah you know yeah, and there were issues with patty jenkins was supposed to do thor the dark world and, and there was you know, some issues with that in the beginning too but for the most part if you look at the entire run i mean you're talking about 20 movies and i mean there hasn't been that much like you know there haven't been that many issues with directors and kevin right. feige uh it's been a couple of instances that you know became very public um but over the, the long haul um i mean you know i don't think it's been that bad yeah, I mean, and I think for the, you know, I'd say there were some ruffled feathers with Ed Norton. I remember that. Well, that was more um, on Ed Norton, though. I mean, he was yeah, being yeah, a pain yeah, in yeah. the butt, basically. Ed, Ed Norton, but but no, but you, but you're absolutely right. I think for the most part, it's been, it's been, you know, once they're part of the Marvel team, they're part of the Marvel team, sure. and you know, if they part their separate ways, they're still they're still part of the universe. They're still getting that producer's credit. Um. So, yeah, no, no, I, I agree. So, yeah. um, well, anyways, well, whew. we got a question cause it's tied into what we just talked about. Um, you know, cause Tavo wanted to know, um, what are we willing to accept the most, a Joker movie without Batman or a, the Venom movie without Spider-Man and why? Um, this is an easy answer for me. I, I think we're probably going to have the same answer on this one, but right. you go. I agree. A Joker movie without a Yeah, Batman. that's without question. And not just because Batman is my favorite character of all time, and that's my favorite universe and favorite rogues gallery of all time, but I just think that Venom is so... His origin to me is so tied to Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. And, and even mm-hmm. the motivations of the symbiote and why it does what it does to Eddie Brock and the difference in personality between Eddie Brock and Peter Parker and how the, right. the, how the, the suit interacts differently with the both of them. To me, they're so tied together that it's just weird to not have Spider-Man you know, be in that movie. And yeah. whereas with the Joker, you, know, you could tell that pre-Batman story. If you wanted to or tell it in a way where a lot of this stuff happens. I mean, there's so many different ways you can tell that story because it's been the origin of the Joker has been told many different ways. But it's not like the origin of Venom has been adapted multiple times by multiple creators and we've seen so many different versions of it. It's fairly pretty much straightforward. Right. Um, Right. You know, so, yeah, I, I think clearly a Joker movie without Batman sits a little easier with me than a Venom movie without. Yeah. 
I, I agree with you because I think the other part of this is the ambiguity of the Joker's origins, right? right. So, you know, watch, seeing a take on the inception of the Joker, which may not necessarily be accurate, is a fascinating take, right? Uh, Venom, to your point, is so deeply intertwined with that of Spider-Man that, I mean, it even has a representation of his suit. The way that Venom is presented yes. on screen without Spider-Man isn't necessarily Venom. Yeah, you know, you know. So it's no, I it's agree. A, yeah. it's, it's it's very it's very very bizarre. Um, you know, that also kind of uh, leads us to the fact that it's being released next week. We we both before we even start recording, we're talking about it. It's like totally slipped our minds. We don't. It's so off our radars yeah. off the, at the moment because well we're focused on other things but um and there, it's not really you know i'm not i haven't seen any tv spots although i don't really watch much tv so that's not really saying a lot i mean i do watch a i've lot seen of TV, a couple but... working in the city in new york city uh i have not seen a lot i saw one bus. have you seen any billboards no well i not have not seen any billboards but i did see you know one of those city tour mm-hmm. buses uh, uh that was completely wrapped in venom uh, mm. so, and that was the only thing though. And that was one day, uh, a couple of weeks ago where it was driving. I haven't the seen city. anything. Yeah. I have not seen a thing. So I'm, I'm, uh, I'm scared for that movie. Yeah. I really am. Um, but again, as I've said before, I hope, I hope it shakes out, but you know. Yeah. And it's not to say that it can't be good without Spider-Man. It's just, it's weird for us without Spider-Man. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, there might be a, a, a light at the end of the tunnel. There was a rumor. There were some on-set uh, leaks of Spider-Man Far From Home. And reportedly, there is a black suit Spider-Man uh, on-set with the white eyes. Um, saw the image. It looks a little weird. Yeah, I don't know. You sent me a text. You were like... Hey, there's a, a rumor out that the black suit might be in the new Spider-Man movie. And I was like, wait, what? So I went yeah. and I found the the picture and I looked at it and I was like, mm, I don't know. It kind of looks like a homemade suit. Yeah. It looks a little weird. You know, who knows? There's no, I didn't notice like a white spider on it or anything. So, it is It is a little blurry. Yeah, it's blurry. And, it, you know, who knows what that could be. Again, now this, we're getting, you know, people getting overly excited over you know, could be anything, but naturally everyone's like, well, maybe will it connect to, to Venom? And I don't know. I don't, I'll, I'm going to hold off on any thoughts on that. Unless you're going to tell me he somehow picks up the symbiote somewhere in the middle of Avengers (laughs) four, then I'm not even going to be thinking about that until we see anything, something a little bit more uh, official. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, in looking at the image again, he also has the, um, the white uh, wrist yeah. sections. I, I don't. I don't know. I don't know what to make of it. It kind of looks like, like if you haven't seen the picture, it looks like a like a black version of like his original pajamas costume, just without yeah. detail. It's just like a black shirt. He kind of looks like a ninja. One of you know our favorite thing, right? He kind of looks like a ninja <laughs> just with white eyes. So proving the point that of course everything was ninjas. Yeah. Seriously. Um. I don't know. The idea of it is is exciting um, that we could see it, but again, you know, under 
not actually, I was gonna say understanding the relationship between, but I actually have no understanding of the relationship between Disney and uh, or Marvel and um, <laughs> and Sony because who knows yeah. what's gonna happen, right? Uh, and who knows what kind of weird well, threads that those two those two studios. I have, have a feeling we'll have a better idea after after in about yeah in about two weeks. Oh, we'll we'll see, or even sooner than that because embargoes will lift. Well, I'm just, I mean, reviews aside, I mean, just the box office is obviously what's going to determine, you know, what Sony decides to continue to do with this. And, and, you know, if the box office on it isn't strong and, you know, Sony doesn't decide to go forward with it, is it even worth bringing Venom in? Maybe to the MCU? Who knows? But that's a, we don't have that much Do you think if Peter Parker was part of the story, they would have, um, and I said Peter Parker, not Spider-Man, was part of the story, they would have done a trailer? Or at least a TV spot. Yeah, why you would have? There's, I find it very hard I mean, to believe that in 2018, that they would have been able to one hide that, and right. two, why wouldn't you want to promote that unless there's some you know agreement there where they can't you know I don't know, but they what own it. The end, so why wouldn't they? The ash. I <laughs> could you imagine? I don't even. I don't know. <laughs> oh man, that 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 blows. The continuity mind. king strikes again. <laughs> oh god. You know what's funny? So, the total side tangent, but uh, you know, the whole thing about continuity cuz uh Mario mentioned it on the uh I, actually a couple of folks have mentioned it quite frequently about my like agita on um on the continuity thing and be, me holding the crown as the continuity king. And I was thinking back, where did that come from? Like, how how bad can I? How far back can I trace this? So my daughter, she's two years old, recently discovered uh, Pee Wee's Playhouse. Don't know how, don't know why. Big fan, b- big favorite of mine when I was a kid growing up, and I can trace it back there, where I was pissed off as a kid seeing Pee Wee zip out of his playhouse in a, on a scooter and not the bike that I remember from Peavy's Big Adventure. He used to bother the hell out of me all the time. Wow. Yep. There's two things about that that are startling. One, that your daughter <laughs> found Peavy's Playhouse now, <laughs> which is amazing. And two, so, that it started like, all the way back then, which means on the next episode of the Fanboy Garage, we psychoanalyze Aaron Verola <laughs> <laughs> to get to the bottom of his deep-seated continuity oh, issues. I have no idea, man. Jeez. Um, but yeah, so that's where it comes from. Wow. Uh, what what right. we say? Yeah. So let's talk about um, the other, well, one of the other big stories for this week, which was the Bumblebee trailer being released. Damn, that was a good trailer. You know what? It really was because here's the thing. I mean, you know, the Transformers movie franchise has done nothing for me. I saw the first movie, didn't like it, and haven't seen the rest. And I know that most of the movies have made a lot of money even though they they haven't gotten really good reviews. And I don't really know a lot of people that actually love the movies. I know people who've seen them. Um, But this trailer really captured me. And I haven't paid any attention to this movie other than us talking about that whole box office weekend. Which is definitely getting more and more interesting. It sure is. And now seeing this trailer, I didn't realize a few things. One, I did not realize that this is from the same director that directed Kubo and the Two Strings, which is a great movie. 
Oh, yes, it is. And, and so, you know what? I didn't realize that till you just said it. So, wow. Yeah. So that's very exciting. And just looking at the feel of this movie, the trailer, rather, it, it has like a timeless quality to it yeah, that I really loved. It has a coming of age type of quality to it that I think is really good. I, I actually am. I might actually wind up going to see this movie now. Mm. And I haven't seen a Transformers movie since the first one. And I'm really hoping that this is because this is supposed to be set before the events of the first movie. I'm hoping that right. they just scrap everything else and just re this is like a reboot. Yeah. Because that would get me really excited. It is um Gosh, this is everything I ever wanted in a uh, Transformers movie if I'm being honest with you. So um, so, you know, we grew up in the 80s, all right? Well, I, at least I did. Yep. I <laughs> uh, grew up in the 80s, and, you know, Transformers, the movie, the cartoon movie, yes. was a big thing for me. Yep. Um, very, very big thing. And the thing I always loved about Transformers was this, like, interaction that they, one, they all had with each other, and, and obviously the good versus evil, but also the interaction they had with human beings. This is probably why I prefer the first Transformers movie above all the others one because it was it's the first so obviously the qual the sort of somewhat quality is there um but there's that dynamic between you know um, bumblebee and and sam uh with wiki which reminded me of the relationship that the transformers had with a kid named max or whoever you know uh -huh. enter the kid of the <laughs> kid right. of the kid of the week you know what i mean like in the show um and they're really kind of coming, coming, uh, coming hard with that feeling, in the relationship between Bumblebee and and the girl. I don't even know her name. Um, and the other thing that was just so freaking awesome is like one Bumblebee is actually a beetle, uh, which is what he was in the in the cartoon. So there's a lot of that '80s nostalgia, and they're bringing him to life. The way, you know, kind of kind of looks like a little chubby, yeah. a chubby car. You know yeah. what I mean? Like this. Like there's a scene where he kind of transforms and he's not like this like sleek looking thing. He's like right. this like ch chubby looking transformer, which is amazing. And um, and the thing that like blew my mind, like literally just I, I my mouth was open was watching the versions of the Transformers like literally cut from the pages of that movie and from comics and from the show. Like it's the 80s versions of of the Transformers yes. in I guess – real life um like optimus looks like optimus with the shield guard on his face you know starscream Soundwave. um who else was in it Jeez, there were so many I, I literally was like oh that's that character oh oh man and um yeah i, I yeah in fact I got... superman fan number one he asked uh he said that the you know bumblebee movie just hit us with some 80s nostalgia with the throwback looks of several Transformers, why do you think some studios are afraid to adapt the design of the characters from their uh, respected source material? So that kind of touches on what you just talked yeah, about. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing, right? So when the first Transformers came out, I don't even remember what year that was. Maybe 2005? Four? Maybe? I don't remember. You can't throw an 80s version of Optimus Prime in that um, in that film and make it relevant. 2007. You know, 2007, okay. 
you can't you can't do that because a lot a lot of kids you know that were watching that movie didn't grow up then or or you know they were making it something bigger something more just gigantic robots fighting one another um so i think that i think that's why we didn't see it and i think but but then again i mean that that whole what i just said doesn't make any sense <laughs> right because we're <laughs> going to go see this one still don't know it but yeah. I, I don't i don't know why why they didn't decide to do it no i like this i think it's overthinking right we talked about this when we talked about like the green goblin costume in spider-man sam raimi's spider-man right just overthinking like they're so like oh that'll never work so they don't even try and then you get something that didn't really work anyway because it just was so far removed from the source material that it didn't resonate and it didn't work well here's another example of where it's like why are we just overthinking this stuff man it's a movie about cars that turn into robots robots that turn into cars and live on i mean really we're gonna start worrying about what looks real and what's come on man it's imagination Yeah, and the other thing too is, you know, I think I think they're also recognizing that this franchise is hitting fatigue, right? Like, sure. So, yeah. what's another way of getting the hardcore Transformer fan reengaged who might have been totally turned off by Michael Bay's, um, you know, series of films? What's a good way to get them back on the hook? Well, what well, it. Let's just let's give them what they what they've been asking for, which is the the real versions of their characters represented on screen. Yeah. And I'd say, you know, success because they're going to get me to go watch this movie now. And I haven't seen a Transformers movie in 11 years. I I like lost my mind to see Optimus Prime. Well, he's a hologram, but like to look the way he did in, you know, Transformers, the movie to see Starscream, to see them like, so they no longer have blue eyes represents that you're good. And, uh, you know, purple eyes represents that you're a Decepticon. And it's like you got the red eyes, right? You know what I mean, red and blue. Like, okay, I'm 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 on board for that. Yeah, I saw that. I saw Starscream's face come out, and I was like, it's like he just jumped off the cartoon. Yeah, and it so... just looks. It you know the interesting thing too is, you know the CGI of Transformers, the first movie. I'd say still decently hold holds some some. You know, it's aged decently well. I did see the last night begrudgingly recently just so i can f- say i've seen everything and it's just a mess but you know the cgi always looked really good but again it's just these over intricate robots that are not really what i envisioned a transformer to look like and the cgi now even with the with the sort of retro um, look that it has to it, you know, with because it's set in the 80s mm-hmm. and they have to represent, you know, vehicles from that age, they, it looks so good. Yeah. Like it looks way, like way cleaner. It isn't as intricate as it needed to be because before they were like, oh, you know, you're going to zoom in on Optimus Prime's face and you're going to look at his eye and his eye's going to like, his, when he focuses his like, you know, pupil. Pupils gonna dilate and all that stuff. And yeah, it's like that's way too like, you much. Don't, you don't need all of that. No, like, you certainly don't. He's got white eyes. Yeah, or blue eyes, or whatever the color his eyes were in the cartoon. Like, let's keep it at that. You don't need all that extra stuff. And it looks. I mean, it looks good. I like it. Yeah. So, so I, I want to go see it. The game's changed. I think a little bit now. Yeah. So so okay. So we've got Mary Poppins that weekend. We got Bumblebee and we got Aquaman. Yeah. All right, your bet today. What movie would you go see first? Well, I'm not going to see Mary Poppins, so that's okay. not an issue. That's that. 
Um, Ooh. You know, I, I, I'm I going to see Aquaman first because I, I still don't have the connection to the Transformers franchise because it's been 11 years. Although, um, you know, I probably will go see Bumblebee. Oh, you know what? It depends, to be honest with you. It's really going to depend. I mean, if, you know, if it's hard to say. I mean, based now on what I think will happen, Aquaman, just because that's more of my thing, right? But... Right. I mean, if the reviews come out and Aquaman's getting, like, bad reviews and Bumblebee's getting incredible reviews, I'm going to probably rethink that, mm. you know? But, and who knows? Or vice versa. You know, I don't know what the thing is, but I, I'm probably now going to see both of them at some point in the theater, which I didn't think yeah. was going to be a thing, like, a week ago. So, yeah. you know, who knows what can happen? You know, maybe in a month from now, things will be a little different. I mean, we still need to get another Aquaman trailer. Now yep, might which be a, I'm sure will drop soon. I was going to say now might be a good time to uh, to drop that, uh, since you know the Mary Poppins thing got a lot of buzz last week, and now this Bumblebee thing is getting a lot of buzz this week. So uh, right now, a lot of the DC buzz is still surrounding movies that are not Aquaman, despite the fact that that's the movie that's coming out now. All the buzz is about the Joker, who's going to be Batman, Matt Reeves, Batman. Uh, the Henry Cavill stuff, you know, not even about Shazam or even Wonder Woman 84, to be honest with you. I mean, all of the buzz right now with DC is about what's the future, who's going to be the Joker, like, is the Joker, is it going to be Jared Leto, is it, it right. how do these, that's what everybody's talking about right now. So I, I think now would be a really good time for DC to unleash a uh, an Aquaman trailer to get people just talking about that again. I agree. I agree. And I mean, December is but a few months away, a few weeks away, really. And um, they need to start, uh, you know, shaking things up a little bit. They need to un- unleash the marketing storm that is Aquaman. Um, that is, of course, unless it's not not going to, you know, unless they're tempering their expectations, I which which would be a freaking shame. Yes. Uh, yeah, I don't I don't know either. Uh I'm more on the fence with Aquaman um, than I am with Bumblebee at the moment. Um, so I don't know. I think Bumble- Bumblebee might take it for me. But, of course, you know, everyone's like, how many listeners will you lose if Aquaman yeah, <laughs> doesn't go yeah. see Aquaman? So Aquaman, I'll see first, guys. Yeah. It's still amazing that we have to have this conversation. But, all right. <laughs> so, JRB, uh, he, won- he said, Aaron, you praised Solo this week. Can you elaborate, please? And Chris, if you've watched since the home release, do I have any further thoughts? So just to um, for those of you who have not heard our solo episode, uh, just to give an idea of what this question is about. We when we saw solo in the theaters, um, I did not like it. Aaron did like it. And we did an entire episode on it. Uh, where we went back and forth on the things that we liked, disliked, and that led to a whole nother episode um, with Rick Shu from Batman on Film who joined us to, to debate uh, the merits of like prequel movies and things like that. So that's where that question comes from. Uh, to answer the my part first, I have not seen it yet since it's come out. Um, on home release, so I, I will be watching it, and I'm, I'm looking forward to watching it again because I I do think that I will enjoy it more. Like sitting at home, knowing now what I know about it, just being able to kick back and just look at it as like just an adventure film. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but I haven't seen it yet, so I can't really give any follow-up thoughts as far as the quality of the movie itself goes. Cool. And we should do that thing that we said. Yes. Well, we should do that. Have Have uh, you seen it yet again? I, I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I uh, watched it. Um, I actually finished it last night. Um, uh, I started yeah, – actually, you know what? I started watching it in pieces because um, my my – I mean, this is where fandom starts. Um, my daughter has this, I've said it before, she has this crazy infatuation with Chewbacca or Baca as she calls him. So I started watching it and she automatically gravitated to the whole thing and, and grabbed her like life-size Chewbacca and was like hugging him and all that. So I was kind of showing her bits and pieces. Uh, but yeah, no, no, I did watch it from start to finish again. And... Yeah, so uh, without going into incredible detail, um, I I really I like the movie. There's so much um, heart to it. There's uh, there's a lot of interesting, and I mentioned this on Twitter, but there was a lot of interesting nuances. And we also did this in the episode. I talked about this a little bit in the episode, but there are a lot of interesting nuances that are built or packed into the movie that are nice touches to the rest of the franchise um you know little um mannerisms that that um alden picked up of harrison ford's that are shown in the movie you know donald glover is is masterful the dynamic between beckett and han and sort of the things he's learning there and um, I, you know, the, 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 even, you know, at first the love story kind of like, I didn't, I even, I think I've said this, I didn't really feel it the first time I saw the movie, but this time around, I appreciated it more there, you know, he, you know, there's a couple, a couple of reasons why he wanted to be a pilot. I want to be a pilot. Uh, it's because, you know, his father wanted to be a pilot and his father built, you know, the, uh, I forgot what the, the Carillion, what the actual name is, but the ships that are the Millennium Falcon, like his father built those. So he had been on those ships before, which is interesting. You know, it, it's, it ties him to his father, like being on that ship, you know, is, is a, is a, is a link to him there or for him there. Um, you know, there's the, the whole need of wanting to get a ship so he can make his way back to Kira and, um, find her and they can run away together and all all of that stuff. I mean, there's so so much um, meat on the bone uh, in that movie that um, it's just it makes it like actually one of my favorite Star Wars films to date. Um, I do stand by my feelings for the mall uh, inclusion. I just I thought it was overplayed. I don't think it was necessary. There are a couple of things that kind of stand out to me that just I. I I just didn't care for it. I'm fine with the reveal that it's Maul, but like the whole, you know, he talks to Kira. Sorry, spoiler alert. Talks to Kira. And then he just happens to like reach with the force and pull his lightsaber, light it and say, I think it's time for you to come to me. And then he turns it off. It's like, what the hell was the point of him turning on his lightsaber if she's not even in front of him? <laughs> like, well, yeah, uh, kind of uh, don't make any sense right there. The, uh, oh, I'm just going to show my power. Look, I've yeah. got a lightsaber chick. Come to me. Um, it's stupid, but uh, but for the most part, you know, I thought I thought it was. I like the double crossing. I like the fact that he shot first. There's a whole lot of stuff, and um, I sure I'm sure yeah. we'll 
we'll get into it some more. We will. Cause, and I think for me, what what's not going to change when I watch it is that like some of those things you just mentioned, like the more fan servicey things, like little connections yeah. and stuff like that. That's not going to see. I don't consider that meat like far as like watching a movie. Like I'm more like, give me plot and logic and, and motivation and stakes. Like that's kind of what I look for when it comes to like meat on those. But so those moments won't, be any better or worse for me watching it a second time uh, i'm just hoping that in a different environment i enjoy it more just as a movie like as a yeah. fun ride the unfortunate thing about it though is and because jrb did ask a question in a different thread to me about whether i still think this is like a skippable movie and mm. the answer is still yes unfortunately and and maybe even more so now because because of the box office performance i mean this movie did 392 million worldwide we're not going to get a follow-up so to looks like to this movie, That's right? So so, so now it's probably even more skippable in a way because some of the... I thought some of the cooler things... Now, I know you didn't like the mall cameo. The problem with the mall cameo for me was more just the fact that like, it's not going to lead probably lead to anything, which well, is the unfortunate I mean, part. Yeah, You know, like we're not going to get more movies it doesn't look like with these characters in this universe and a continuation of this story. Yeah. So since the moments in the movie are not necessarily essential to like, I mean, they're, they're snapshots of things that, yes, if you want to really sink your teeth into them as a huge Star Wars fan, sure, they're there, but you can still watch Star Wars, any of them, without mm. that movie. And since we're not going to get more, then, yeah, I mean, unfortunately, I think it still winds up being a skippable movie. Um, yeah, the big I, I agree with that. It's on an island. Yeah. Um, it's one of those, like, nice-to-haves, but not a must-have. Yeah, and let's also be clear. I mean, skippable doesn't mean terrible. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, totally. So it it just, just doesn't it does nothing, it does nothing for the character of Han Solo, uh, really. Although, it it's nice to see. It's just nice. It's a nice, yeah. like, you know, it, it, to me, it's, it's like the, uh, what is it, Young Indiana Jones TV show. It's like, who cares? Right. Yeah, I mean, you can look at a movie like Ant-Man and the Wasp, and that's skippable. But it's not a... I enjoyed it, but it's not a skippable movie. It's a skippable movie by far. I mean, you could not watch that. And, I mean, maybe there's bits and pieces, you know, because certain things tie in. But, I mean, ultimately, uh, it's not essential viewing. Right, um, So, right. yeah, I mean, there's always going to be things like that. It's, I mean, not a so it's not a saga film. No, and theoretically, Rogue One is skippable, too. I just... Totally. I love the hell out of Rogue One, though. Totally. But, you know, it's a fun... That movie you know, worked for me in ways that, that Solo didn't, even though that's skippable. I mean, you don't mm -hmm. need, you can just read the opening crawl of of A New Hope, and there you go. Right, so, right, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah agreed. I mean, I, one thing I will say to you, I know we talked a little bit about this um, when we did our episodes, but about the uh, sort of darkness of the film. Oh, yeah, I did see you post about that. Yeah, so that that's still very much, I, that is yeah. that is the film. It's the way they shot it, yeah. Yeah, so. it's the, it's the, it's the, yeah, it's the uh, director of photography. But at least in my home, I can control that a little bit more than I could uh, in a movie theater. You, you know, you think you think you can? No, no um, good. Yeah, so I, I, so I mentioned this on, uh, on Twitter, but I'm, I'm, you know, a TV tech nerd, and I, I play my movies in in movie mode or cinema mode, which is the way that um, directors prefer you to watch their content, right? So it's the the TV is representing the most accurate way that the, you know, again, the, the director or the cinematographer wanted you to see the movie. 
typically TVs are are demonstrated in the retail setting in dynamic mode, which like ups the contrast, ups the sharpness, all of that, the brightness and all that. So, you, you know, it helps the TV pop off the, se- the shelf literally. Uh, but that's not the way that people should be viewing TVs or content on their TVs. And I tried, I even was like, okay, let's see what this movie looks like in, uh, in dynamic mode. And it didn't really do much. Hmm. Like it got a little warmer. Um, right. So the flush tones were a bit more on the red and orange side of things, but it didn't necessarily do anything to the brightness. Interesting. So, uh, yeah. So we we can talk about. Okay. Yeah, yeah, we'll we'll get into um, solo once I've yeah. seen it again in uh, more yeah. detail. So, uh, so Ron Diesel was uh, watching Superman two over the weekend, and it got him thinking about the Rogue Gallery. What are some of Superman's villains that you we don't see making it on the big screen due to how they how silly they are in comic books, or you know you, what you think will work and what won't work at all. Hmm. Hmm. So uh, Nathan Odinson, uh, he replied, <laughs> "Mr. Mix's Pitlick and Toy Man, which those are great. Those are great. Examples. They are. Although the funny thing is, though, uh, Miss Mixie's Pitlick has been portrayed in live action a few times, actually. In Smallville. In Smallville, he was in Lois and Clark. Yeah. Um, yep, he was yep, in yep, Supergirl yep. too. In the the new the current Supergirl." Really? Yeah, and it was actually not that bad. It was kind of cool. Did so I little, think was that a little person? Well, no, not like that. But I mean, okay. it was yeah. But um, it was kind of cool, and so I think you could. I mean, I don't know that I'd want to see it in a movie. Yeah. Um, but uh, it's not the worst character. No, no, it, you know, it's like Rumpelstiltskin. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> uh, Superman I just mean, doesn't have his Rose Gallery. I mean, other than like Lex Luthor, and I mean he's got some, you know, this Brainiac and yeah. I mean, he doesn't have the deepest so, Rogues Gallery of no. Like, he definitely doesn't. I mean, Parasite, maybe Paras Parasite was always a weird one for me. Um, although there is an interesting run, um. I don't want to say run, but it was right after the return of Superman after he died and all that stuff. And it it got really, really weird. It was apparently like Superman was absorbing too much yellow sun and right. he like ballooned into this gigantic juice head, this sort of like apish looking Superman. And, um, and he just kept on absorbing and absorbing. And so he's, you know, he basically was about to pop. And um, he, like, I don't know if it was purposeful because I don't, it's been a while since I've read the book, but uh, but like Parasite was the one to help relieve him of that. So, um, you know, he took his he took his power, and and then Superman felt better, and then Parasite got sick because he had too much juice. Huh? <laughs> yeah, it's interesting, and the artwork is like ridiculous. Yeah, for the for that it was probably about five issues of that storyline. Um, he's just he's gigantic. He he looks like this like apish Superman. It's very 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 weird with with the long hair. Yeah, yeah. So. I mean, there's it's all in the execution always, right? Yeah. Even like a character like Bizarro, right? Like if you if they decided to make Bizarro like uh, what they did to Bane in Batman and Robin. 
Oh, you know, like a goofy muscle sidekick. You could completely ruin that character. I mean, so it depends on how you, you know, it depends on what you do with them. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you could, you they totally could turn, you know, turn a... I hokey. mean, look at what they made Two-Face in Batman Forever. Yeah. I mean, you know, and that's a fantastic character that right. you would think is made for, like, film. And no, so... Well, do you think there have been uh, instances where they've turned a hokey character into a legitimate one? In, in, in live action? Yeah, in live action. I mean, th- this isn't live action, but like the best example was what they did with Mr. Freeze in Batman the Animated Series. Taking a completely hokey character and giving him that backstory yeah, yeah, with, the, you know, the with his wife, yeah. which just reinvented the character. Um, but in live action... I don't know. I mean, I'd I'd have to. I mean, I'd really have to go back and and look at it and think because there's been so many comic book movies now that it's hard to. There was a time where I could just rattle it off, you know, right off the top of my head. Um, I, I have one. What do you got? Armin Zola. Okay. From from uh, Captain America. Yeah. Uh, who's like basically a big head in a right <laughs> in a body? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> They did an interesting an interesting take on him uh, in Civil War. I thought that you know because yeah, I think he's kind of hokey. Right. Actually, Red Skull is a little well. Red Skull's a little hokey. Well, I guess, but I mean, they were pretty faithful though. No, they did a great job. Yeah, uh, with him. Um, geez, I'm I mean, there's plenty of instances where it's the opposite, right? But yeah, I, I'm trying to yeah, think of they... one where they actually you know took a hokey character. And really improved it. I don't know, man. I'd have to really think. Maybe I'll think about that over the the week, and we'll I'll yeah. talk about it on the next episode. Okay, but good, good, good question, though. Well, if although we'll throw it out too to um, to the listeners, give us your thoughts on. Uh, give us a comic book villain that you think was really hokey in the comics that they actually, or in just some incarnation, and then in the live action version, they actually improved the character. Mm. So let's see what everybody thinks. And you can't say the Riddler, because Jim, Car- just because it was Jim Carrey. I don't think they improved at all uh, on the Riddler. Good. So good. Yeah, I, I hope, hope no one I mean, thinks that. No, I mean they made him the Joker. Overrated. Yeah. Overrated. So, speaking of uh, Batman, Nathan Odinson says, "What are your thoughts on Batman losing another dick?" Hashtag Batman damn. So, have you been following? And I can't believe I'm about to say this. Have you been following the Batman penis story? Um, I have to some degree. How is they like like censored it and all this other stuff? You know what? So what? I mean, so what? To which part that they showed the penis or that they censored the penis? I don't really care either or. I I just I don't even care. like it was it's such a like uh. I mean, I, I guess we're there. If you know, we, people want to want mat- mature material. Sure. Fine. Yeah. You know, I, do I think they needed to put his, you know, you know, little dick on on the uh, on on the page? No. But if they did, so what? Yeah. Um, well, apparently it's gone now. So. Yeah. Yeah. But the the funniest thing was the response from uh, the circumcision thing. Yeah, yeah, I that... couldn't believe it. I thought that was an Onion article until I actually read. I was like, "Wait, this was real." <laughs> and uh, what's his name? Uh, Kevin Conroy. 
had an awesome an awesome Twitter response about I thought you deleted that picture years ago. <laughs> <laughs> it was brilliant. Nice. I was like, man, that was the best one of the best comments about the whole stupidity of the 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 image is good. That's good right. stuff. Well, but Nathan did have another question. Uh, he says we have to cobble together a Justice League comprised of C and D level characters. We can have no less than five, no more than seven characters to battle Amazo. Who's your team? So I've been rocking my brain over ner- this. now. Well, see the thing is, so Nerdy Nick's Nook had some really good ones, and yeah, so did I Jeremy saw the boy Scully. The question get thrown up in that. Uh, the question who everyone knows is one of my favorite characters of all time. And Jean Paul Valley, who I think would actually be a really cool addition, and Kilowog, love Kilowog. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, Kilowog. From so my, I liked his <laughs> list a lot. And Scully had um, some real deep cuts uh, on his. Uh, Jeremy Scully, the one of the yeah. co-hosts of the Play It Loudcast here on the Revenge of the Fans podcast network. You know, it. I guess it depends on. I mean, obviously, I'm putting the question in mine because I'm going to put the question in anything where I can get the question in um and i love kilowog like if i have to have a like a representation like a green lantern representation um the thing is what are we considering like so is like plastic man a c and d list character i always thought he was not i thought he was like a A list plastic man yeah i mean i i loved plastic man no i mean i did too but i'm saying i don't know is i'm not sure like what we you know what we're really looking at when we talk like C and D list. So like, is Doctor Fate C and D list? Oh, uh, uh, yeah. So like the you know, like how the... about Mister Miracle? Like you know, like I'm de- depends, I guess, on what you can Booster Gold. Yeah, like so is he C and D list? Like there are some characters like you know, like Katana, who mm-hmm. may not now because she was in Suicide Squad. I don't know. Is she C and D list still? I don't know. Um. It's tough. So it's, I guess it really depends on what you think are C and D list characters, besides like obvious ones that have never even had their moment, you know, in the sun. Um, you know, Blue Beetle. Is, what is Blue Beetle? Is Blue Beetle C and D list? I mm. like Blue Beetle. I love that whole story. What about Static? Static Shock? Yeah, I mean, I'm not, that's what I mean. So I'm not sure. I mean, he had his own show. So what is that? Does that mean he's not C and D list anymore? So it's really hard. This was a tough one. I did think... I thought a lot about this so i'm gonna go question i'm gonna go kilowog and i I mean my original list was blue beetle question plastic man dr fate mr miracle and i had katana but then i'm like well i don't know if plastic man is c-list anymore i guess not he's probably b-list maybe so then, you know, it was tough, but uh, I don't know. What did you come up with? Yeah, I was, you know, I was thinking um, crypto. Wow. Okay. <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Got it. All right. Oh God! No, I seriously was like killing myself thinking about about this. I just kept on going. So you're going with a real like Guardians of the Galaxy vibe, you know? You're going to throw crypto in there with just crypto. Yeah, not with that. Crypto, you don't feed crypto for a month, (laughs) and you set that little bastard off. Wow, that would be quite a movie. Crypto meets Cujo. 
great. Yeah. Like, no, he's the villain of the story. It's like Cujo. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Scully had elongated man, which is kind of like the, I guess, the D-list plastic man. Yeah, so well, I mean, isn't he on... Um, he's on The Flash. He's on The yeah. Flash, yeah. 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 So, you know, there's... All, I mean, there's so many... So many... It's... Yeah, you, you know, you're right. It's kind of hard to choose. Yeah. Um, yeah, between or who's A-list and who's BC, D-list at the moment. But I know crypto. You know So there you go. So Aaron's uh, going with... He wants the crypto movie where crypto takes on a Mazo. I mean, come himself. on, think about that for a second, though. Well, think I about don't, this. Do I have to? Well, I mean, why have they not made this movie yet? <laughs> I mean, really, I mean, if you're going to put, I mean, look, Superman's on the back burner. We got Supergirl coming soon. Like, why Why can't we do a family crypto, crypto, crypto movie? <laughs> Maybe Batmite and Crypto team up. There we go. And there then Spider-Ham. Yeah. Well, wait, now, now you're getting crazy because now continuity. They were gonna do. Stuff. They were gonna do that. No, I know, but you can't mix. I mean, now you're yeah, you're breaking your own rule now. <laughs> oh God, this is too much fun. Yeah, too much fun. So yeah, know. well, and that's so. On that note, <laughs> just it's time for bed, everybody. Crypto, <laughs> home, <laughs> freaking homeward bound, crypto. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh god alright <laughs> yeah. let's get serious yeah seriously we have let's some things we gotta plug of course thefanboygarage.com if you're still listening if you wanna go buy some merch uh, we'll, our crypto shirts will be coming out soon uh, you can get uh, you can get all that right there at the merch store at the fanboy white Gar- fur with a red cape there you go at thefanboygarage.com. You can also shop on Amazon using our Amazon Associates link. I know that everybody in the world is shopping on Amazon, so please do it through our link. It'll help support this show. And, of course, you definitely want to join in on the conversation so that you could talk to Aaron about his crypto movie idea. Uh, <laughs> you can tweet me at RealCLMighty. And you can tweet me at Starting Seth. But before we go. but before Well, and don't we forget play. the show at the Fanboy Garage. Too. Yes. Yes. A uh, couple of other plugs. So we've extended the solo Star Wars story giveaway um, because totally forgot. But uh, a lot of folks don't have Twitter. So we were, you know, kicking that thing off on, on Twitter. So if you're listening and you want a chance to win solo a Star Wars story, uh, please leave us a five star review. Um, and you can either direct message us on Twitter, and if you don't have it, you can email us. Uh, you can email us at thefanboygarage.com with proof that you've left us a review. Yeah, and, and you if, will be entered to win. If you've previously, so just so people understand, if you have already left us a review, just send us a copy of that. Like you don't have to leave us a new review, um, and then send us the copy. So for the yeah. people who've already left us the reviews, just. Give us a snapshot of that and send it over so that we know exactly who you are uh, and you can enter. Yes. Um, So that will announce the winner on next week's show. And, of course, we will be at uh, Comic-Con, which is next weekend, um, capturing some snippets and bits and bites. There's lots of stuff happening. There's a um, 
there's a uh, you you I've been looking at the show schedule. Um, there's a uh, Batman animated series panel with Kevin Conroy and a whole bunch of other folks uh, celebrating the uh, 4K release. No, not 4K. The Blu-ray. The Blu-ray release of uh, of the uh, series. Um, so that'll happen. There's a whole bunch of other stuff um, that we will um, will be trying to get into in terms of panels and things like that. And get some commentary. Um, there's general stuff from the show floor. So uh, be excited. If there's anything us, anything you guys want us to tackle, anything you want us to ask, anything uh, while we're at Comic Con, please do so. Uh, we're more than happy to do that. Yes. Um, and of course, we have our. Revenge of the Fans Halloween Watch Party, October 27th. Uh, Still ironing out some of the details because we're not sure yet exactly. Tickets haven't gone on sale for the the Halloween movie yet. So obviously we don't know exactly when and where that we're going to be seeing that. Um, But October 27th, Saturday night, uh, we will be going to see the Halloween movie. And then we will be heading over, because now it's already been announced, to Blackthorn 51 in Elmhurst, Queens to see the return of the Boom section, which is Mario Francisco Robles, uh, editor-in-chief of Revenge of the Fans Band. Uh, They're going to be playing their first show, I think, in a couple of years that night, and that's going to be the after party uh, because we always do an after uh, event whenever we go to see these movies. So He gave the details, well, some of the details on the latest episode of the Fanboy Podcast. So if you haven't already heard that, definitely go back and listen to that to kind of get some of the more of the details on uh, what's going to be happening there. And of course, just keep looking, uh, checking out Revenge of the Fans, our Twitter, their Twitter, because as all of the details come in, we'll be giving you all the updates. Yeah. And uh, as he had mentioned on the Fanboy it is a costume affair, so if you uh, you, you know come as you crypto, come as crypto. It. If you want to put on your pink bunny uh, suit, go for it. Uh, come dressed, if you will, as whatever character you like. It's your chance to cosplay, folks. So do it. Um, I don't know if I will. After all that. I, I I definitely won't. I definitely won't. <laughs> I think I think Mary was talking about wearing his Michael Myers costume. I'm like, yes, okay. you are committed, sir. Yes, uh, it but yeah, won't no, be so the it's only the, one. So. Yeah, it's the weekend before Halloween, so uh, if you guys are in that Halloween spirit, certainly dress up. Um, we'll be there. Uh, we will likely have some merch, and uh, and if we don't have merch, if we like you enough. Maybe we'll buy you a beer. <laughs> and if we don't, then you get peanuts. <laughs> Okay. That's it. That's all I got for you. Peanuts for everybody. Yes. All right. Actually, you ever been to uh what's that steakhouse? Texas Roadhouse? Yeah, with the yeah. Yeah, peanuts. Okay. They're free. It's sure. a good place to eat. All right, anyways. Anyway, on that let's note. Let's get out of here. <laughs> please. All right, everyone, we'll talk to you next time. Crypto rules.